0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: God has been so good to us, bless us beyond measure, and I'm thankful for that. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time, though we've been up and down a little bit. I've asked Brother Everett Bird to preach today in our second service, and, and uh, one of the things that you can relax about is Brother Bird is not a long-winded preacher. And uh, um, but I appreciate him I appreciate his burden for the kingdom of God and for the work of God and for their diligent labor in Madison, Florida in our daughter work and uh, we just do not ever want them to feel as though we are unconcerned about what God has called them to do and uh, thankful for the prayer and the support that goes their way and I just want to encourage you as a church just make take out a Sunday and say today I'm gonna go to Madison and be in service at three o'clock with them and and, uh, your presence will matter. Your presence will matter. Let's not just pat them on the back and say we're praying for you. They need prayer. They need pats on the back. But uh, sometimes we need to do more than just that. And that show up and be there and be support, and uh, see what a beautiful facility that the Lord has provided for us. There it is certainly nothing to be ashamed of, and um, I, I think the very word that comes to my mind when I walk in the door every time is welcome. I feel welcome. I feel welcome because there's a welcomed presence there, and I'm thankful for that, brother Bird. Amen. Come and let's just now. He he and brother Fears were going to sing. That's why they both got on red shirts. <laughs> They they uh, they both wore red shirts in an effort to try to trick me into letting them sing today, but I'm just going to veto that. And it sounds like to me I got a hundred percent vote here. It sounds like ninety nine. I believe I believe the song's out, brother. Everett, but preach your heart, God bless. You.
2: For sure, the song's out. But today, as he uh, he was talking about me being a short winded preacher, I am. But today I have two messages complete messages so so uh, you know I can put both of them together and keep us here a while. but I do feel that God has laid something on my heart today for here today I had like I say I had two messages and I I prayed about which one because God laid two different things on my heart this week and. I pray God that he laid, you know, laid the right one on my heart. And Brother Boyd confirmed some of that this morning in my message. I felt like, go this way. And he confirmed something in his first message. If you want to turn with me to Revelations 4, while you're turning there, I actually, I spoke about open doors last week in Madison. And Brother Boyd talked about that today some in his, you know, he mentioned that in his message. And I'm going to refer to that some today in his first scripture I'm going to read is talk about open Doors being open, and today I think I, 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 the thought that I got is in the second half of the message. So you will, you know, you I think we'll, we'll get there today. If you, Revelations chapter four, verse one says, "After this, I looked, and behold, a, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was it were of a trumpet talking to me with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show.'" The things which must be hereafter. Today, if you will, lay your Bibles down today and we'll join me in prayer today that God will anoint me a vessel to share this message today. Oh Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to touch us today, Lord Jesus, touch this earthly vessel, that I can speak words, Lord Jesus, to, t- to, to, to this congregation, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch each person here today, Lord Jesus, anoint them today. Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to move today in this service, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, and move. Lord Jesus, let your presence be felt. Lord Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, I have lives changed today. Before we leave this place. Lord, I touch you in Jesus' name. I promise I won't preach but one message if you'll hang with me with the first one. You can maybe seated. I asked Brother Zach. He's on the platform. I know you probably saw him up here. You know, Brother Boyd talked about his message this morning about not tempting God. And I, so I got an illustration here in a little bit, and I thought about doing it myself, but then you'll see here in a few minutes why I said not tempting God. So I, I got somebody a little younger to today this the design for a Christian life is for one to always grow in glory to God. We're constantly should we should be growing, not just staying stagnant. Our our whole relationship with God should be growing. John three and thirty says he must increase but I must decrease. And that's so much true to our life. We, we must be increasing in him. He should be increasing in our life and we should always, you know, we should decrease. The life of Christ is a continual increase in life of the believer. John 15 and four said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except I abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and in I, in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. As I flow from the, as it flows from the vine, the branches becomes, becomes greater, fuller, and richer of his presence and power. As long as we stay close to the vine, We draw closer. We get stronger. But when we get away from the vine, as we drift a little bit away from the vine, we start getting weak. We still need to stay plugged in to the source. This is designed by God for every believer that life is everlasting, should be increasing glory. Glory from one stage of Christ liking to another. From one level of glory to the level of glory. Like Paul said in Galatians, Two and twenty. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I know now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. God lives inside of us. God lives in us to give us strength. The glory of anything, the glory of anything, is how truly is, is revealed. To represent the author or the creator, when we when we are representing of the author or the creator in our life, we should have glory in our life. When we are when we are reflection of that great, the closer to the original, you know, in a painting, we look at a painting, the closer it is to the original painting, it becomes more valuable. And I think we should strive to be like the original. We should reflect Christ in our life, and we should be. Strive to be closer to the original. As we grow into his image and likeness, we are moving from glory to glory. The more truly we represent him and manifest him in the world, the greater the glory that we bring to our Father. We must see to be. We must be holding in a looking glass the glory of the Lord. There must be a beholding there. We must be deliberately Setting in our life. We should have in our life be striving to, to reflect that image of Christ. When looking at our spiritual image, it should reflect our Savior instead of anything in this world. I talked to the young people today. We should look more like, we should look more godly in everything we do. We shouldn't look like some actor or some, some singer. We should strive to look more godly. We should find the godliest person we know and we should strive to look like them. Because that's who should be our hero. The people that's not, the people that sings and the people that makes all the money and the entertainment world. We should be looking for people. This this sets a Christian example in our life and that's who we should look like. If you look like spiritual, you look look like Christ, you're gonna have to, you won't look like the world. Colossians 3 and 20 says, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. The scripture says, come up hither, I said in the text I read it says come up hither this is a call of the spirit to the body of Christ it says come up hither revelations 4 and 1 the scripture I read in the beginning says, "This after this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was as a trumpet talking to me which said come up hither and I was showed these things which must be hereafter we must be more than involved to being committed we can't just be here we just can't be present I'm going to talk about that just a minute longer the work of the spirit in our lives is in three stages it's manifesting himself to us manifesting himself in us and manifesting himself through us we have to get past the part of manifesting himself to us we have to get him in us so that way he can show through us the general population of the church is satisfied just to be seen, see the manifest, manifestation of God's power. It's so easy just to be, feel comfortable just to sit back in our pew and just watch God move and say, we had church. So easy to just sit back sometimes, you know, and everybody else is out worshiping and sometimes, and I'm just, I'm just talking about me today, it's easy to sit back and say, wow, enjoy the show. God is here moving today, right? Right? But today it takes more than that. God desires for you to be to be manifested in His power and his show through you. Romans eight says, "For earnest expectation of the creature waiteth on the manifestation of the sons of God." You only need to be. You some people believe we only need to be present to be involved. I'm here today to tell you you have to be more than just present. The problem with with that is you're only here only one hit to enjoy what you see when you're enjoying it you just see it you enjoy it for a time but when it's over it's over and when you leave here you leave it here the exa- example of this is these was in the case of the disciples when the woman came and broke her alabaster box and anointed Jesus' feet with the oil and wiped his feet with her hair they saw the act they smelled the aroma and they may have even talked about it and shared it, but that's what, that's as far as it went with them. That's when they left, and they left they left it there. That experience. But the woman, on the other hand, was committed, and she took it with her when she left. You know, here the here the disciples were. They 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 just watched the show. They was just they just was entertained by what she did, and that's why they stated they they was worried about how much the, the oil cost. They worried about how much it costed or how much, how what could be done with that better, how, how better she could have worshiped God by using that oil or using the money from that oil. But she had the, the, she was committed and she left with an experience when they left with just complaining. Sometimes in our life when we find ourselves in worship, sometimes we sit back just like the disciples. And we said, well, we could have worshipped a little different today. We could have done this or we could have done that, but that's when we were sitting back as the disciples were, as spectators, when they should have been worshiping right along with him. If they have been down there getting that experience, they wouldn't have worried how much it cost. They wouldn't have worried about how she did it. They would have been right there and left with the same experience that she left with. Everyone she came in contact knew that she had contacted the Lord. The anointing that was on him was on her, because she left with an experience. We must be able to hear the king's voice. We must not only hear what he had to say, but what he is saying. The church sometimes is content to read what he has said and live by his commandments. Sometimes, you know, we want a checklist. We want something just to, we can check this, well, I did this, I did that, I did that, by his, from his word. We want to look at the Ten Commandments and say, well, I've, I've did all them and I've did this other little list that I, he wrote in his word. But we have to be graduate from just being a, from a commandment. That is what he said to a communion. It's what he is saying now. Because every day if we have a relationship with God and have a communion with God, he will say something every day and give us guidance, give us direction every day. We don't have to worry about checking off a list if we have communion with God, because God will touch us in our heart. He'll tell us what we need to do, what we don't need to do. Communion is a choice, a choice to, to do what God says and choice to do what he feels. We have that com- communion with God. David had 400 men joined, that joined themselves to him. There was 30, of, 30 were chief among them and three were the most mighty of them all. The main reason of their positioning was not their physical ability or their superior skills. Why, there was 400 men and there was just 33 of the men that was really close to David. It was not because of their physical abilities or their superior skills in war, but it was because they lived a closer life to David than all the others. And that's what we have to do is we have to live a closer, we live to the king it's easier to hear his voice the closer we live to the king, the more we more will we'll take on his attributes in our life. There must be a restoration of the fear of God, of the holy reverence, the awe from the presence of God and his power. That's the world that we live in today. We've lost the fear of God. Just genera- just a few generations back, just in, just in my generation, and I know I'm not, I'm not that old, but just in my generation, they were people that really feared God, and they had reverence for His house. But today we live in a world that that's that not taught, not to have fear of God, and not to have reverence even for His house. We must learn how to We we must learn how to entertain the presence of the Lord before we will experience His power. We must turn, must turn, we must turn loose our familiarities and our comfort zones. The greatest thing that God gives us as a church is a vision of an open door. Our vision comes from God. We didn't have to work this vision up. God gave us a vision. God gave us the vision of the open door. Through this door, we find unfamiliar and uncomfortable places. I can stand here today and tell you God has opened doors in my life that I had to step through that were uncomfortable, that were unfamiliar. I didn't know where I was going but when God opened the door, I stepped through them. I believe God's vision needs to become our vision, and when that happens, it doesn't matter how unfamiliar it is, no matter how comfortable it is, when when our vision becomes what God visions, we'll step through that door. We have the opportunity to make a difference, but only God can give us that opportunity. What will it take today for you to move through the door? price of walking on the water is giving up the comfort and the safety of the boat. I come today, this is the point of my message today that I came to, that I feel like that is where God led me today. I said all that other, I think, because we have to get our life right before we can step through the door that God is opening for us. We have been having some awesome church around here for the last few weeks. Me and Brother Gibson was talking about that earlier. We've been having some church. We've, we've, but I, we've had, the ladies had an unreal prayer meeting the other night, and Ladies of Zion Prayer, and I'm just putting advertising in for that. And today, they had, a, they had prayer, had a prayer meeting. We haven't been having some awesome church. But I believe, we've, I feel today, I stand here today, I believe we stand as a church at the threshold of a something a lot greater, a lot bigger. I believe we are having to, we have been experiencing some of the, the smallest thing of, the, of a great thing in life. And I believe as a church, we stand at the door of a revival like we've never seen before. But what we do to do right now will determine what happens today and, to, and after. Right after the miracle of feeding the feeding the multitudes with the two fish and the five loaves, Brother Chris spoke about this Wednesday night in his message. When he talked about, he spoke, he referred to this in his message, but he referred to them. But right after that, Jesus he sent the sent the disciples away, told them to get in a ship, and told them to sail across the sea until he would catch up with them. While he was sending the multitudes away, then Jesus went and prayed. Jesus, and while the disciples was in the boat, we know this story well. As they was traveling across the body of water, they became a storm in their life. There was a shaking going on. And that's another message in my, in my file, so i mean, in my notebook today, so talking about shaking. So today, if if you want to hear that message, you just eat lunch and drive 45 minutes and you can hear it too. Put in advertisement there real quick too. But... uh. <laughs> I got silly and lost my place. <laughs> but, but but there was a shaking going on in their boat, shaking in their spirit, shaking in their lives. And it comes to the scripture where I read in Matthew 14. We see Jesus, he comes walking on the water and he's walking right by them and the disciples, they recognize him or they think they recognize him and they call to him and they said, Jesus, is that you? And I'm just putting that in my terms. It says, Jesus, that is you? And he answers to them. And Peter says in verse 28, Peter answered him and said, "Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water." And he said, "Come." And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I just want to read in the scripture today uh, this scripture, just kind of verifying the scripture. He did not say, "Bid me to walk on the water as to desire a miracle. You know that would be a great thing. I mean here he was. He wasn't desiring to just to walk on water to think he said bid me to come to you. In my mind, I, I, you know I have a imagination of today of how that you know that that probably took place. He said come to me. And I believe he was saying no matter what. I don't believe I don't believe Peter was, you know, walking to the edge of the boat and I don't believe he was you know, he was you know, how, you know, we sometimes we want to get in the water, you know, we kinda stick our foot down there and check this you know, how cold it was, or see how, you know, how far it was down to the boat. Or I don't think, you know, he could walk run to the other side of the boat, you know, to see well, see if it's easier to get out on this side of the boat. I believe that, you know, Jesus I mean, I mean Peter when Jesus called for Peter to come. I believe, I believe Peter came up to the edge of the boat and I believe he just jumped in. He came up to the edge of the boat and he didn't, probably didn't take time to see if this foot's gonna go first or that foot go next. He just bailed in. And I think God is asking us when he says for us to come. He says, that's where I was gonna, you know, boy, we're talking about tempting God. I was gonna jump off, but I decided not to. <laughs> but, but that's how today, you know, that's where we, you know, I don't believe Peter hesitated. I believe Peter just bailed in the water. Like jumping in, into the, off of a diving board, I believe Peter just reared back and jumped. And he went to God. He was instant with his, his jumping. He didn't hesitate. Peter could have stayed in the boat and witnessed the miracle of Jesus walking on the water. Because, you know, his brother boys stated this morning, Jesus was flesh, just like me and you. That was the one miracle already. He was already flesh walking on the water. So that wasn't a miracle that they was looking for. Because Jesus was already doing that, but Peter could have stayed in the boat, and he could ask. He said he could ask. You know, he could have said there just like the rest of the disciples, and he could have witnessed that miracle of Jesus walking on the water and getting in the boat and calming the storm. But but Peter, Peter wanted more. He didn't want to wait and just be a spectator. He wanted to step out in faith into the supernatural. I believe the the, the scripture says that when Peter said, you know, asked me to come, and Jesus just said, come. I believe that invitation was just everybody in the boat. I believe everyone in that boat could have stepped out on water. And I believe every one of them could have walked on water that day. But Peter was the only one that got out of the boat. He was the only one that walked on water. Besides Jesus, God is looking for a church that is just tired of staying in the boat. He's looking for a church that wants, is wanting to get out in the supernatural. Today I ask you a question, as my title. I never did give my title this morning to my answers, but to wait until now, but who's gonna walk on water this morning? Who here today is like Peter, ready to get out of the boat? Today who is who is wanting to step out into supernatural? Today God is God is calling us to another level. I believe as a church we're standing at a threshold of a revival. And I believe God is stand, standing standing on the edge of heaven. He's saying come. And he's wanting somebody to get out of the boat. He's wanting somebody to get out of the pew. He's wanting somebody to move today. I believe he's asking us to step out onto the water and trust him. Sometimes, you know, we look at it, well, I can't do that. Because it's not comfortable for me. I ask we look at things in our life and we say, Well, I can't I can't speak or I can't do this. We come up with excuses like Moses. But sometimes God is just asking us to trust him. He's asking us to just step out on the water. And he says, just step out on the water and trust me, and I will bless you. Today who I want as we stand today, I want to just look at the person beside you. I ask you to tell them this here. Say our You can stay in the boat if you want to. I'm getting out. I'm getting out today. I believe that's what Peter said. He looked at everybody else in his life. I believe in the boat. I said, I believe he looked at all the ones in the boat. And he says, you can stay in the boat. But my my Savior just said, come. My Savior said, get out of the boat. He says, get out and come to me. And Peter bailed out of the boat, just like somebody jumping into a swimming pool. I believe Peter was ready for the new supernatural. And I believe God is looking for people. He's looking for people that's got that enthusiasm. He's got people that's looking, wanting to get out of the boat to the point. Today, God has got something for someone here in this church, in this house, on the outside of the boat. I'm getting out and getting what I need. Are you gonna get out and get what God's got for you today? Today, as I close this service that I ask you today to step out of the boat. I ask you to step out of the boat today and come get what God has got for you. He's got the supernatural today. He's got whatever you need. If you need a healing today in this house, God has got that. He said, "Get out in the boat and come get it today." If God needs you, need a Holy Ghost today. Get out of the boat. God has God has got to meet you here today.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.